You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I'm so glad to see your, your faces this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Jason, if you don't know. And uh, man, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, and if you're online watching right now, we just want to send a special hello to you. And, and um, lots of people are sick right now. Um, and, uh, you know, we're praying for you. We're praying for uh, your body to be restored and, um, you know, uh, your spirits to be lifted and that you can join us again sometime soon. But, um, but man, uh, it's just every Sunday I get to be with you guys, it just is an honor and a privilege. And uh, so thank, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. Um, and so last week, uh, Paul Carter, a member of our teaching team, started out our, a new series that we're in called With God on Mission. And uh, basically, what we're explaining with this series is how we partner with God on mission in different areas uh, of, our, of our walk and, and uh, like kind of what is the mission, right? And uh, last week... Um, Paul shared uh, with God on mission in the word, and he shared about reading scripture from a place of passion and not so much as a, as a place of, in a, from a place of uh, legalism or a checklist or something like that, like starting out in the word in a place of passion, Right. Um, you know, there was a little bit of talk after his message where he said he, um, he personally didn't follow reading plans or anything like that. And, and, uh, and, you know, the truth is reading plans work for some people. And it's just great. And it gives them a place to start every day. And others, it, it, it's, cha- it's more challenging. Like, I wrestle with reading plans. So, um, so it, you know, there's really no, no wrong way to do it. But as long as you don't approach it from a mindset of have to, we get to, right? And so that, I think that, that was Paul's main, main point with that is, is, is approach the word of God from a place of passion, right? And um, so today uh, is the second week in the series, and we're going to talk about being with God on mission in family, in family. Um, and so I mean specifically the church, uh, we have a saying around here that we're not just a church, we're a family, right? And, and we say that every week and we try to weave it into everything that we do because we believe that ch- uh, church was meant to be so much more than just a weekly event. It was, sp- it was supposed to be like a lifestyle, right? Um, a thing that impacted your whole life, right? And so what do you think about when you think about church? What are the first things that pop to your mind? Like, is it a building? Maybe it's the church you grew up in. I can still picture the, the little white church with the giant cross on the outside wall 
um, you know, that I grew up in. Um, we used to run around in the field in front of the church that had the giant cross, and like there were lights out in the field, and that, no doubt every Sunday at least one person pretended to be Jesus, you know, and uh, <laughs> in the lights, and you know, we we um, we played tag and all that kind of stuff. And I can remember that church. What is it that you think about when you think about church? For some people. Uh, church stirs fond memories. Others, church stirs um, hard, painful memories, right? Um, And, uh, you know, not all of us have had great experiences at church with other believers. Some people have been deeply hurt by the church. And I'm, I'm not speaking specifically about our church, but I'm speaking about the, just the church worldwide in general. And, and uh, you know, what do you think about when you think about church? Do you think about preachers with cool sneakers? <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> do you think about the song that you just love that the worship team sings or the feeling, uh, you know, when it, it was so nice today to just take it back to a simple level, just piano, percussion, and voices, and just like, you know, just I love when we get to do that, and it feels so special. It feels so, it feels just as valuable to me as when we have a full band and the house is rocking. Like, there's just, there's value in both. There's value in the, the passion, and there's value in the vulnerability and the quiet, you know, and I, I love them both, but, but uh, do you think about um, your children's church teacher that impacted you when you grew up, or do you think about, you know, like I mentioned, there were, there were painful memories about the church, you know, uh, do you think about how somebody made you feel bad or uh, less than worthy? Do you, do you think about how you, the church made you feel like an outcast? Um, you know, um, so there are all kinds of different things that we think about when we think about the church. Um, and so today we're going to talk about our philosophy about church and it really comes down to one word, and I'm going to spoil the whole message right now if I haven't already. It's family, right? This is our philosophy of church. And, and so uh, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, um, if you want to open that up and get ready. Uh, the setup for this portion of Acts is uh, God has just sent the Holy Spirit upon the Jesus followers, Um, The Holy Spirit came upon Peter in a powerful way. He begins to preach this incredible message about Jesus. And thousands of people were saved that day. Thousands. And um, if you want to check out Peter's message, it's in Acts 2, 1 through uh, 41. But we're going to pick up today right after verse 42. So just to summarize what's happened so far, um, Jesus has come and lived a perfect life. Um, He's gathered some disciples that he's taught along the way. Um, The religious leaders of the day didn't like what he was saying, so he was crucified. And um, three days later, he rose again 
alive and conquered death and conquered sin and all of our sin and shame can be washed away by the blood of Jesus and his resurrection. And um, so, so uh, Jesus comes back, shows himself to his followers, spends, a, spends some days teaching with him, and then he goes up to heaven. And, and uh, after he tells the followers to, to wait on the gift that he's going to send them, right? It's a gift, right? And uh, who likes gifts? I like gifts, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll wait on a gift. Don't, 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 uh, don't judge me wrong. I will wait, no. Um, but um, but his, his followers are waiting for this gift that Jesus is going to send them, and the gift uh, comes, and it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Jesus comes upon them. And, uh, and Peter lifts up his voice in public and, and begins to proclaim the gospel, right? And, and the Bible says that about 3,000 people were saved that day, okay? One message, 3,000 people were saved. Now what, right? Now what? The community of Jesus followers is growing and becoming what would later be known as the Christian church, right, which we're a part of. And, uh, but what did this church look like? What did, what did it look like? Well, Acts 2, 42 through 47 is going to give us a glimpse into what the early church's rhythms looked like in their purest form, in their purest form. Let's take a look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. I'm reading from the ESV translation. Um, all right, let's take a look at this. And, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings to distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, day by day, those who were being saved. That is absolutely one of my favorite passages in the Bible. If you have a, a physical Bible, you may just want to like underline that bad boy because that is a passage I keep coming back to to remind myself what the church in its purest form looked like. And, and so the key to understanding the early church is in the third and fourth words of verse 42. And the key um, to this, those words are, uh, they devoted themselves, devoted themselves, which means they made it the highest priority, they made it the highest priority. Being in com community with other believers was essential to their growth in their new life in Jesus. So what did it look like, right? Well, Peter gives us a summary statement that mentions four elements 
of the early church's way of life. And, and, and notice I said way of life and not just the way that their Sunday service looked like. It was, it was truly a way of life for them. And so they devoted themselves to first teaching. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and, and the apostles would have spent much time educating the new believers on the full account of Jesus' life, which uh, you can find in the New Testament, in the Gospels, right? Uh, but also the apostles would have helped these new believers reframe their perspectives on the Old Testament and explain how Jesus was the fulfillment of the many Old Testament prophecies, they, they would have helped, the, the apostles would have helped them reframe what they already knew in, in the light of Jesus. And, and uh, grounding new believers in these teachings was a high priority for the early church. And, and, and that's why we, um, a while back, we simplified our small groups to, uh, to just kind of reading the Bible, discussing and growing together. Like, we used to have video curriculum, and, we, and I'm not saying we'll never do that again or anything like that, but there's something about just opening the gospel, the word of God, reading it together and discussing it, and it truly has the power to change your life, right? This, these teachings, you know, are uh, pathways to a full life, the fullness of life, right? And, um, and so that's why teaching was such a thing that they devoted themselves to. Another thing that the early church uh, devoted themselves to was fellowship, fellowship. And, and fellowship is uh, just a fancy word for spending time together, spending time together. That's fellowship, like... Um, you know, lots of churches have rooms, you know, called fellowship halls. Like we, I think we even have, I think that's what ours is called, you know, and, and like all it means is like spending time together and we don't have to spend time together only in that room. Like we can do it wherever, right? Like we're spending time together right now, obviously. And, and so fellowship means spending time together And the early church would have spent time together hours throughout the week, hanging out, talking about the apostles' teachings, encouraging and challenging each other, which is another aspect of, of small groups. We call them grow groups. Um, and, and as one of my commentaries put it, it, it said that um, they, would, they were enjoying one another in a family-like bond. That's what this fellowship Felt like it felt like a family-like bond. They spent time together as if they were family. Right? Uh, fellowship was a tangible manifestation of love for one another. Fellowship. I'm going to say that again because I feel like that was pretty good. <laughs> fellowship was a tangible manifestation of love for one another. Right. Another thing that the early church devoted themselves to, which means they set the high, they set it as the highest priority, was breaking bread. Breaking bread. 
Breaking bread isn't just, uh, breaking bread is just furthering the fellowship in a meal. These meals would have happened in homes throughout their community and would have included like a common meal, like a dinner or something like that. Um, But also it would have had a time of communion together. Uh, They would break like bread for a meal, and then they would uh, break bread in, in communion. And this was just more than just like a dinner or like a, time, like a hangout time, although they, they were together, they were fellowshipping, they were sharing food. But this would have been more of a quiet time of remembrance. This would have been a quieter time, right? And, and, and uh, they, they also uh, had a time of of worship and praise and thanking Jesus for all he had done in their lives. Like this, this wasn't just a, you know, thanks for dinner, I'm splitting. This, this was a time where they got together and they ate and they took communion together and they remembered and gave praise to God and they asked for his guidance and they asked for his, his help. And, and so breaking bread together is huge. The last thing of the four uh, is prayer. They devoted themselves to the prayers. That's what the scripture says. Prayer was an important part of the early church's daily rhythms. They would pray in private, and lots of times they would pray in groups, right? Uh, Some of them set aside three times throughout the day to pray. Uh, Some of them continued to go to the temple to pray at the Jewish hours of prayer. Uh, We don't see any one way of prayer that every single believer adopted, but we do see that prayer was a vital part of every single believer's life. We don't see one way adopted but we see that prayer itself was adopted in, in, in every single believer's life. And they, they prayed, their prayers probably centered on blessing and praising God as well as asking him for guidance and for boldness in proclaiming the gospel. This is what being a part of the early church looked like, these four things. These were the essential rhythms of their life in a faith community. I love that phrase, faith community. Uh, my, my, uh, when we first started the mission, I kept calling it a faith community, and my wife was like, why are you calling it that? Why don't you just call it a church? And I was like, yeah, but it's so much more. <laughs> like, there's so much more to it than the things that church conjures, there's depth, you know, and uh, so how does that differ, this early church rhythms, how, how does that differ from what church looks like today? Think about that for a moment, like really process that question. You know, I think one thing is that we, we've made church into a once a week event rather than a lifestyle. I said that already. And I could go on and on about how we've confused and complicated what being a part 
of a church is meant to look like. But the bottom line is the early church was less like a church as we know it and more like a family. More like a family. A family of believers in Jesus. And uh, verse 45 says this, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, that verse freaks some people out sometimes. Like, I've had some people be like, wait, what? Like, no, right? Um, and so don't get it twisted, right? The, the, this, the, it's not what it looks like on the, on the face value or the conclusion that we can jump to. It's uh, no one re- was required to sell their possessions or property. In some other Jewish sects, they were required to sell all their property and give the money to the communal fund, but this was not the case in the Jesus-believing community. What, what, what the Jesus followers were doing was much more beautiful than that. Some people sold property and possessions to help provide for the poorer people in their Jesus community as their needs arose. As their needs arose. Because they valued people more than property. But they clearly didn't reject private property either because the Bible says that they met in private homes throughout the city, right? This fellowship of believers showed a tangible manifestation of love for one another, as I said. And this tangible manifestation of love found its expression in sharing with the poorer members of their faith family. Verse 46 and 47 say this, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts and praising God and having favor with all people. I don't think the church, we can say that the church has favor with all people right now. Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It says day by day, which is just another way of saying every day, which is somehow some uh, other translations put it that way. Instead of day by day, they say every day, but in the in the Uri day. Um, some translations say, like the, the hip-hop translations, Uri Day. Uri Day. You're not going to back me up, people? Come on. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, but verse 46 says, and day by day, attending the temple together. So, so it says day by day, which is just another way of saying every day, which is how some other translations put it, me, Meeting together every day was very uncommon for people with a religious association, the Greeks. Like, they just met once a month. Uh, But the Jesus followers, the early Christian church, treated each other less like members of some religious institution and more like what resembled a family. Right? I can't wait to spend time with my family. Like, 
I get an eager sense. I have two boys that I am so, like, I am so proud of. And, and getting to spend time with them is a privilege that I get. And, and um, I'm going to start crying if I talk any more about that. Uh, but but, but it's, a, it's a privilege when I get to share coffee with Ricardo and get to hear about what's going on in his life. Or it's a privilege when I get to talk to Valerie about Albert Pujols' birthday today, you know, or, the, you know, how the Dodgers are going to whoop up on the angel, angels, um, you know, or... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, this is family, right? This is family. It's a privilege that we get to spend time together. And in the, in the early church, they, they, um, they spent time together every day. And, you know, I think we could, you know, take a page from their book because members of this, uh, they didn't treat people the same. They didn't treat people like the same uh, as, as a religious institution, but more like what resembled family. They learned together. They spent time together. They ate and worshiped together. They prayed together. They helped take care of each other's needs. I don't know about you, but that sounds less like a church as I know it and more like a family, right? And what does the Bible say happened? Well, in verse 43, it says, and awe, awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And verse 47 said, they had favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. We have a saying. I already said it. The mission is not just a church. We are a family, right? We are a family, and God is building an incredible family of believers here. We don't want to just be an organization that you visit weekly. We want to be in your family, and we want your family to be our family, I, I keep hearing people referring to church as a business, right? I hear people say that all the time, and it drives me crazy. And in some cases, there are churches like that. But we believe that the way the church was intended to function was less like a business and more like a family. And in business, you climb the corporate ladder, right? You, uh, you focus on achieving, right? In family, you grow, and others uh, focus on helping you on your way to growth, right? In business, you're surrounded by people who want to do better than you so that they receive the reward and you don't, right? But in family, you want to see everyone flourish and reach their full potential, right? At a restaurant, you eat pay the bill, and leave the dishes for someone else, right? But in a family, sometimes it's your turn to do the dishes, right? To truly be more than just a church, we need you in this family. 
using your strengths to help others and growing in your weaknesses with the help of others, right? The last couple of years, and I'm really feeling this today, uh, the last couple of years have been really tough on the church worldwide. COVID-19 has not been very kind to anyone, and I would say the church is, you know, up there (laughs) on the list, but people feel isolated, and they feel scared, and I, I always say that isolation is one of the enemy's most effective tools. Isolation is easily one of the enemy's most effective tools, because if he can get you alone, he can plant continual seeds of doubt, and there's no one to call him out in it. And where have we been the last couple of years? A lot more isolated, right? People are more disconnected from the church than ever. But I say this. This is the time to push further into family and let some of those things that have complicated church, we got to let those things go. We got to let those things go. We got to push further into family. And as the band comes, I just want to wrap up and say this. Family isn't without its complications. Who has a complicated family? (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's not always pretty. But it is real. And it is based in love. And so we've examined this passage in the early church, and this, pa- this summary statement is backed up in other places throughout Acts. Each one of these things, there are other passages later in Acts that describe these same things. It's so important that we grasp this family-like bond that the early church had and that the Spirit gave them is because you can be, I mean, at least maybe with one person in your family, you can be vulnerable, right? And so we want to create a family here that is, you know, my, my own family, um, you know, growing up or whatever, like, it was far from perfect. We went to church every day, but we were, every Sunday, not every day, <laughs> every Sunday, but we were far from perfect. We had all kinds of stuff going on behind closed doors. And... I want to say that, like, I get it. Not everybody's family is perfect. Maybe you don't have someone in your family that you can be vulnerable with. But here's the thing. We're trying to create the family here that God intended. Mm 
that God intended for you to be a part of. And, um, and maybe along the way, we can help each other lay down some of that uh, earthly family baggage that we've carried around. But here's what I want to say today is that if you consider the mission your faith community, if you consider the mission your church, we need you in this family. We need you. There are so many places here where we could use uh, a helping hand. Um, we've had uh, Scott Folk is our children's uh, ministry director, and he does an incredible job. He cr creates everything, almost everything on his own, just out of his creativity and love for kids and um, he's doing an incredible job. But I'm going to tell you, there have been times recently where we've almost had to close Children's Church on a Sunday because of a lack of volunteers. And that breaks my heart because we value kids. That's why I was so excited that for Scott to be our director is because he truly, truly values and loves kids and wants them to meet Jesus there are all kinds of different areas. That's just one. Worship team, building and grounds, tech team. Like uh, There are all kinds of places for you to plug in and be part of the family. And then also, you know, um, I want to mention that there's a new wooden board out in the entryway that showcases areas of need within our family. And there are cards on the board there with different places to volunteer or, or just even jobs that can be done, like uh, change the light bulbs, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. There, and there's a contact person in, on every card that you can get in contact with that. But, but let's just say you're not even there yet. What are some other ways you could uh, get involved in this family? Well, the number one thing is... Inquire about a grow group. Inquire about a grow group. Grow groups are what we call small groups. They meet in the city throughout the week. We read the Bible. Sometimes we eat a meal together. We hang out. And my grow group last week laughed so much. Like, I feel like we laughed like almost the whole time. We barely got any Bible reading done. But, um, but actually, I don't think we, I think we skipped that part. But we, <laughs> but we laughed a lot. So, that's one way to get integrated into this family. And honestly, if that's the first step you take, that's amazing. Like, I would love to see you get plugged into a grow group. Um, some of them are meeting on Zoom. Some of them are meeting on, in person. Um, some of them are meeting in Redlands. Some of them are meeting uh, elsewhere. But, um, but think about joining a grow group. Here's another way that we don't even have to be involved in is invite somebody to hang out. Invite somebody to coffee. Invite somebody to dinner. Make it a priority to spend some time with people within your community. Get together with some friends and uh, make a part of your hangout time. Like, pray for each other. Like, it's not that weird. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, um, these, are what, these are like just very basic ways 
that you can begin or begin to take steps towards family and less of a disconnected um, event style church. These are ways that you can be on mission with God in family. And so I just want to pray right now. Sorry, I know I went long, but I was fired up this morning. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence in this place, Lord. Thank you for drawing near to us. Lord, thank you for your word. I say it all the time that it's a light to our feet, God. Thank you for this picture of of the early church, Lord, and they, they weren't without their problems. We know that. But Lord, thank you for this reminder. Thank you for, for uh, giving us their example, Lord. God, I pray that you would deepen the bonds of family in this church, Lord. I pray that you would center that bond around the Holy Spirit, Father. I pray that that bond would begin to deepen in the Holy Spirit, that it would begin to deepen in Jesus and for your glory. Lord, I pray you would begin to open our eyes, that you would begin to open our ears and our mouths, Lord, to begin to invest our life into these rhythms, Lord. Lord, that we would begin to model, Lord, what these early believers in their purest form did. Lord, and we don't want to throw everything out that we've gained through the years, Lord. But Lord, help us to remember their example, Lord. Help us not to get caught up in an event that has lights and spectacle, Lord, but and that's missing Jesus. We can be singing songs about Jesus, and Jesus, you're nowhere near the gathering, Lord. So, Father, I pray that the mission would not be like that, Lord. We want to put you center stage, fully on display. And when we gather together, whether it be here or outside of this building, Lord, 
May your praise be ever on our lips. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.